Welcome, Liani. Uh, nice to see you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I will introduce you uh, shortly. Um, uh, in, I mean, I can't because in a short way it's impossible. So I would have to speak because uh, you know your journey on this path is uh, is uh, so amazing and full of everything that if I would start to speak about everything it would take a while so I would just uh, make a short introduction and then I will ask you uh, if you could uh, speak about um, your work. You are a naturopath and you're uh, specializing in the well-being and you are tapping queen. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we've met uh, because you worked also with David Wolf, and uh, I know your work. You are from Australia, from Melbourne, um, and thank you very much for finding time today. Uh, it's not an easy task because we have difference of time, <laughs> uh, but we managed. Um, so um, you are author of uh, two beautiful books. Um, the first one is Making Sense of Insensible and the second one is The, the Box of Inner Secrets, uh, Queen of Tapping. Um, so your journey started uh, 20 years ago, Do, am I right? Uh, could actually be, uh, hang on, 30 years ago. Oh, wow, 30 years ago. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're beautiful and young and you have such an amazing already experience. So can I ask you why did you choose this path? What what prompted you to, to go this way and not choosing any other ways? Yeah, I think the path chose me. I think, you know, it's one of those ones where, and at the same time, when you start to look back over your life, especially once you get a little bit older, you've got some years under your belt, you start to realise how, you may have headed off in one direction, but life took you in another direction, except when you landed, it actually is the combination of everything you could have ever dreamed of. And I think that kind of sums up my life. You're right, there is a, at the age of four, I declared to the world, which is my mum and dad, that I wanted to be a school teacher, or I wanted to be a teacher. And then when, I, and then I was at kindergarten, so I was gonna be a kindergarten teacher, and then I went to primary school as a primary school teacher, and I went to high school as gonna be a high school teacher. And the reality is I see myself still very much as a teacher, because what I majored in initially was health. So it does, it's, it's a very easy step to kind of go, oh, here I am going from teaching where I wanted to teach about emotions and health and well-being and physical nutrition and all those sorts of things. And here I am now doing it as a naturopath and as well as an author, running the retreats, teaching people to work with emotional well-being as well. So I have um, accredited flowers course, accredited uh, tapping as well. I have my own way of working with tapping as well. So when you kind of put it all together, it all comes into a whole story that just is actually really consistent. And yet, wowee, the way that I got here. So the simple answer is I got really sick. So I started out wanting to be a teacher and I was actually in my early 20s when someone said to me, I think you've got a dairy food allergy. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, that was all sort of a bit new but it explained a lot. Uh, and then at 25, I actually got diagnosed by a medical doctor with um, an illness that at the time didn't even have a title, but has a very long one now, which is human seminal plasma hypersensitivity. And I love that it's like really big because I think for what it was, I needed, I really like a big name. 
because it, <laughs> wow. it, it yeah. was life-changing and and when I say life-changing I mean totally life-changing so when one of the ladies I worked with as a school teacher she said to me why don't you try because the doctor's response was I can diagnose you but I don't know how to treat you you just have to learn to live with it and the the simple way which is the way the media loves to tell my story which is she's allergic to sex but what I actually was was allergic to the proteins in my husband's semen at that time and as a result of that it it resulted in the equivalent to internal burns to third degree so basically just ate my cells away and I got it in the worst form because it took so long to diagnose because it was a two and a half year process of going to specialist gynecologist doctors over and over trying to find someone you know I'm 22 to 25 years of age you know I don't know that definitely changes lives and definitely changes lives absolutely and being such such not a common thing you know that even probably it chosen you because somewhere in the universe someone knew that you will make a great um you know help for others and they will make a great thing out of it rather than just leave it but that actually took you on the amazing path and amazing journey so everything happens for a reason we say right that's definitely confirming yeah and when when the lady said to me oh why don't you go to a naturopath i was like what's a naturopath like do you mean i didn't really understand what naturopathy was as such and she sort of so her reply was because yeah, I said, well, what could they do if doctors have no answers? Who, how would someone else have an answer? And she said to me, well, what have you got to lose? And that was, and I just looked at her and I said, I've already lost everything. Let's do it. So that's how I started. I went to an naturopath and over the following year, she was the first person I'd seen in two and a half years whose immediate response was, this isn't about what's going, like it's about you reacting, but it's actually what is you know inside your husband and that was like yes you know I used to joke I would have stood stood in the corner of my on my top of my head for eight hours a day if she'd see me that's what I needed to do and I just did everything just took every supplement followed everything she did and at the end of the 12 months she actually said to me and this is how it all links in she said to me here's the name and the number of a particular person I want you to ring them you can do your own flower essences you've got those abilities so you can do that and so I was like mm, I don't even know what that means <laughs> do you know what I mean so I rang the number spoke to the guy and he asked me a few questions he's like yep no worries what essences do you want and I'm like uh 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 okay um sure and so I got the bark flower book and uh which is of course you know Dr Edward Bark is is British and uh yeah very well known and so I got a copy of that book and I bought I think two or three flower essences from his and I always remember opening the book up and starting to read it and was just like it was you know it was just like wow this you know whole new world and so and i look i look the beautiful thing about the 1980s because that's when all this was happening the beautiful thing about the 1980s was that as a school teacher i actually got to use flower essences in with the students i got to be able to you know we we were able to spray rooms where i was able to spray you know the vice principal's office because he was a bit of a control freak and you know we we're able to so anything happened in the school 
Yeah. Right. If anything happened to the school, the teachers would come straight to me and go, what are you up to? <laughs> what do you mean? I haven't done anything. Oh, yeah, something's happening and you did it That's kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and then when I left teaching, I went into working welfare for a while because, like, while uh, while being sick and doing all the things, I actually did a welfare course. So I became the student counsellor in the school, and then I went into welfare and worked in refuges and family group homes. And that was and my worked. question. Yes, I yeah. wanted to ask a little bit about your your charity work and uh, the, the work that actually took you out of the country as well, because you travelled a lot, ah. uh, helping, yes. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell us yeah. what we're doing yeah. and uh, what was that yeah. that you were actually yeah. Um, yeah. So, in? so. I've always been that way inclined, right? Even from literally even first year at university, I put my hand up to do things. So it's always been inside of me to to do that kind of thing. And my 15-year-old self, pretty much her. So at four, I wanted to be a teacher. At 15, I had two options, well, three options. I was going to be a teacher, but I also figured I might maybe be the first woman prime minister of Australia, which I didn't get to be. And, uh, you know, because I majored in politics. And then the other thing that my 15-year-old self wanted to do was go and work with refugees and make a difference in those kinds of environments. And at that time, at 15, I thought it was because I would be a teacher and I would do it in that form. And of course, as it turned out, when I finally did get to go and work with refugees, I did it through a healing component and I did it with tapping. So it was amazing in that sense. And and I loved that. So I had, so it all, and this is where it all starts to kind of weave together. Okay. So I had written Making Sense of the Insensible and had been teaching it and I realised that in the end I was a patternologist. What I really wanted to be doing was helping people heal those really deep patterns that go on in their lives. And as a result of that, I wanted a way to work that would just literally unlock the pattern and change it. And so I basically started putting it out to the universe and saying, find me a way to use tapping that I could actually do it in such a way that it would really just literally unlock people change change the wiring of their brain like I really want to just I want the pattern to melt away and so as I was sort of doing that I did matrix ring printing I then we did trauma buster and so I was doing all these methods in tapping trying to find a way to create something that would do what I wanted it to do in doing that I basically attended a training in trauma buster technique and on the middle weekend on the first night she came in saying that she just received an invitation to go to Jordan to actually work and and do training and actually help refugees in Jordan and of course Jordan's on my list of places I want to go in the world right and so I'm like oh do you want to put me in a suitcase and can I come with you and she just turned she said no but you could come with me and I looked at her and I went what and she said I can already see your skills you can come with me and do the training I'll need someone to basically be my other person so why don't you just come and do it with me and I'm like sure <laughs> okay I'll do that um, I haven't finished training yet but sure I can do that and so yeah. that that was kind of so I sort of thought oh maybe trauma buster was the way because you know a lot of what uh, what 
what Making Sense and Sensible talks about ultimately is our small and big T's in the world. So all of our trauma stuff. So I thought it would fit. And the reality is she said, no, that's not the kind of work this does. It's actually very specific about how it works. And I, I'd agree with her, it, that is true. So day one that I was in Jordan, I actually woke up with what became Empowered Tapping. The entire script just got pretty much downloaded and I wrote it out, I tapped it and went, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. This is it. Thank you. So you feel like it was channeled, right? Yes. Yes. Right there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the whole book, Making Sense Insensible, that's what happened. You know, I just get woken up with write this down, write this down. Do you know what I mean? And it became a joke about every Saturday morning, I seem to wake up with a new lot of information to be put down. So I do, a lot of those things happen for me. I just am a receiver to whatever needs to be done. So that was basically where I came back and then was like, right, let's go with getting then what became the box of inner secrets which is my empowered tapping and started the process of of doing all of that and in doing that i did an exercise one day that was a grant application to the universe and uh so clearly the universe loves me because i ask and eventually things happen right so i put this grant application out and the idea was you had to just write down everything you loved it wasn't i want this or because of anything it was these are all the things i love and if i could do more of the things i loved then this is all the benefits that will come to the universe and people and humanity so i wrote this beautiful yeah, grant application for, for manifesting i think oh, yes it's right right, it's right. just say what you love and you want you want more of that yes and great way yeah exactly and the universe basically kind of puts together whatever combo it wants for you and delivers to you so that was awesome it was like oh yeah that's really aligned to the way i work in the world so that's perfect 10 days later i kid you not i got boomed i get this phone call random from india right saying hi i'm working for this company and wondering whether or not you'd be interested in holding some kind of retreat going to um, bringing to india to particularly to learn about tibetan culture because all the refugees are up there and da, 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 da. so i'm like I put that on my list. I mean, I didn't put that on my list, but I said, I love travel. I love adventure. I love culture. I love learning about different people. I love healing. I, like, I love, I love, I love, I love, right? And so realistically, all the things I loved all came together in this one thing. So I basically sort of said, yes, send me the email. I had a look, the Ladakh one, which is right up in the Himalayas, just goosebumped me. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. And the amazing part is that first group of people who came, they were all linked to me somehow through my business, but every one of them walked through the door and said, I just got this feeling I want to go on a retreat. You're not running a retreat, are you? Or I had I had lunch on the weekend with my girlfriend and we kind of said, you know, our kids have all kind of grown up. We should do something for ourselves. We'd love like some kind of meditation, Buddhist, I don't know, India. Good. This is the price range we've got. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing all of that. <laughs> so, <Wow. That's laughs> it all just flowed. Do you know what I mean? Like it just flowed. So once we got there and I got to see the plight of the, so he, so there's two parts of this. I guess my 15-year-old finally got satisfied going to Jordan and I loved the experience. I love Jordan. I love the Jordanian people. I, I just, I, 
I even understood Arabic and I've never learned Arabic. Like it was random. It was just weird. Yeah. Well, do, 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 do. Anyway. Oh, surely, surely. And so basically we ended up in a situation where there was this really like strong bond that's formed. I'm still really close to the people that I met over there. And there was this like, come back and teach your tapping to us. And so that's still out there uh, on the agenda of things that will occur one day. So to go back and help their, help work with refugees in that kind of environment in Jordan would be amazing. And on my 10 days afterwards, I even got an invite. I got somebody contacted me to say, we need someone to create a healing centre, like a health centre in, uh, where's the, in Syria. Your name was given to me. Would you come set that up? <laughs> like, only if I don't tell anybody, because anyone knows I'm going into Syria, they would just not cope at all. Anyway, it's okay. I, it was kind of, I, the, the qualifications were, didn't fit. I really could come up with practical things and that's not really what they were. Anyway, so we will get back to Jordan. So in the meantime, um, I'm in... In, I'm in the Himalayas. Oh, I don't want my dog to bark. And, That's okay. Don't okay. do it. Even Pete Evans' dogs barks when he's doing his podcast. So I'm figuring I'm allowed to have a dog that barks. So or she. He does. He wants to say something. So anyway, and uh, yeah. So basically, I get to we get to see the the situation that's going on for the nuns you know unfortunately and and i think that again i'm just quite seriously this is going to be a beautiful segue into making sense insensible the injustice our current world now and the plight of women so basically what i get told on when we're at the nunnery is that um buddhism is not actually sexist but tibetan culture is and that basically women don't have anything to offer and so the men and the buddha who wish to follow uh, their commitment and their spirituality through Buddhism and become monks, get all the money, get all the support, get all the resources, eat well, have a lot more flexibility. And the women pretty much don't get anything. They do it at a cost to themselves. And the, the nunnery we were actually at, they basically had only just received beds, pillows, mattresses. The plastic was still on them all, They etc. And so I, I very quickly kind of in observing realised that they didn't have a lot of food, uh, I asked about what they ate during winter to find out that basically the answer was that they ate uh, rice and dal and for variety they had some potatoes and onions and they didn't have anything else to eat. They they had no, I've worked out that there was no chance at all that they had period pads, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I cried, <laughs> I will own it. I, I got to the point and they told a story about the women and how when they're raped if they actually don't give up being a nun while they're raped they actually can't stay a nun and I was trying to piece it together as to what the story was about and I said do you actually mean when the Chinese have actually come into the nunneries and the you know the uh, in in Tibet and they use rape as a weapon in war and they're like yes and and it was just like rape is against a woman's will and it's kind of like well that's just the cost they have to while being raped they actually have to be conscious enough that they hand over their nunnery status to the Buddha and then they can bring it back providing they can you know so I was really moved you know it's happening 
Now, I mean, the world is showing that it's yes. been happening for a long time and yes. just going unnoticed in many places in the world. And it's actually so sad to see in a way, but in, in I can see that women are more empowered now. And, you know, and hopefully that will, um, that will be changing and will be rapidly changing. And we can see that it is happening at yes. the moment when the world yes. is how in all this madness there are some positives coming out and um, and hopefully you know that will change even for you know places that you, you see the story you're telling me I did I did not know from the you know I know about different issues that they're always obviously coming you know connected to to the how women are treated and and uh, to sexism and and, uh, and all that but there's so much more than is happening in the world and we don't know and it has to be, you know, spoken about and it has it to does. be showed yeah. to people. So because the power is in the collective, so yeah. that's where we can actually start talking about it and helping in those places that they're hard to get even to us. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So definitely very Absolutely. important. So, yeah. So at that point, I made myself a promise that I was going back the next year and that I would do some volunteer work with the nunneries and with the women and begin, you know, some processes, I guess, that would help bring some empowerment and freedom. So one of the things that we did was we worked and connected with the Days for Girls Association that's locally here. They're global, but we've got a group here in Druin and we actually got uh, enough pads. Well, I immediately came back and got enough pads for all the girls and the women in the nunnery and sent them straight back to them that same day that same you know year and then uh we actually ended up getting 300 sets and we supplied the the tibetan um children's village school that actually had 300 girls with no nothing to support them during the cycle and the the people from the school were saying it's a major major health issue when they've actually got 300 girls in menstrual age with no nothing to help manage that so we began those kind of processes the other part that i realized was i wanted options for food and they didn't know about preserving food and as a home echo you know trained teacher so here i am 30 something years after i've been a school teacher i'm here i am actually going back and teaching you know looking at sewing and doing and doing food prep and all this kind of stuff so i've gone back every year since the first year so i've done the retreat a couple of times and then i've also gone back in between and of course this year i couldn't but every other year i previously have in which we've done pickling of vegetables and and uh you know doing all the, the drying of vegetables and getting we got jars and all sorts of things sent over it was a massive job <sighs> massive job to get the resources well, it's not a warrior, thing. so you've done it you know i don't stop in Poland now as well yeah that's it so do you mean so we got all this stuff over to them to give them freedom because they didn't even have jars to put the dried food into they didn't have jars to put pickled vegetables we we boiled them up in pots we got you know all the kind of stuff so we've provided them with the with knowledge and skills and and recipes and all that kind of stuff so that they can actually start making and drying and preserving and pickling foods so that they have options so they can actually have other things so last year when i went we went back we actually gave uh, fruit as well and uh and so we did some apples and pears and things which they had never even they didn't even know that they could have fruit during winter time and stuff apart from their dried apricots and and it's not oh, like amazing. our yummy 
yeah. so amazing to see the differences, you know, as well. And the seeing like in Poland, uh, everyone knows how to pickle things. And then if we could do like kind of swap for women from women, you know, using technology, maybe one day we could um, make it easier and just, you know, do programs where actually uh, women could uh, could learn different skills from different parts of the world and uh, yeah. that would help uh, everyone, yeah? So I'm sure the women in Poland would be able to, to learn, uh, or everywhere, would be able to learn a lot from them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's been really, and like even down to the point where the nunneries, they don't have technology, so they don't have internet, they don't have computers, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. The men do. But you know the monks do, but not that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The double standards are pretty high. <laughs> but anyway, that you see, it's unbelievable. How so we're, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're hoping. So now part of my process, which if I had gone back this year, um, I've collected uh, donations and things like that from people, so that we're actually getting some sewing machines. We're getting them into the school. We're going to have it that every every girl gets to learn how to actually make their own washable pads so that they've got these ongoing because my thing is realistically I need to provide them with the skills and then they need to be able to do it without me do you mean the whole point is we have to empower people to do it without funding without money without western people coming in and having to do it for them so uh, every part of it was is getting so one of the the guides from the first year that i have a real connection to uh and he actually translated everything from english into tibetan so we could give them the recipes in tibetan and and his younger brother uh his name is karma he's just a divine young man and he's pretty much like i am your eyes and ears and mouth in tibetan you know in ladakh whatever you need me to do I will talk to everybody and I will get things. So we've talked about the long term about creating like a healing center where they can get flower essences, they can get tapping, they'll get the recipes, they'll make the pads. We can have a central place where the women can come and support each other through all of that, make extra, share with each other, create a real community. So we've got some big goals there as well. So yeah. What would happen like when you mentioned tapping now? So if you're you're going there and teaching them tapping, so would would be a, would you need a translator then who would be translating for them how to tap or would would you yeah. would, or do they speak english no you are mentioning they, they don't yeah yeah so. they do they mostly speak english so india's uh, national language was english because of the invasion of yeah, india yeah. By english. they are now changing it over into you do which is going to shift things kind of a fair bit they do speak a reasonable amount of english so a lot of the people we do um but again the so karma and uh temper their english is magnificent temper is actually a uh tibetan doctor so he's traditional herbal doctor that was our link i suppose and so we've that's where our bond i suppose has stemmed from is that that we have this commonality that he is a tibetan herbal doctor and i'm a naturopath so we have a lot in common and his younger brother karma's english is magnificent so they do they will help me with a lot of the translation um and even where we're staying uh yeah there, there is some have very good English, some don't. But when I've sat and got them tapping 
doing it, they get an effect and they feel relaxed and they like it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, temper was very much like, I want your essences, I want your tapping to come here to help, you know, like our people, because there's a lot of trauma still even within the Tibetan reality. Well, because Tibet has been gobbled up by China, you know, they can't ever go back and there's great fears. There's a lot of fears around the fact that with the Dalai Lama getting older and, and getting a little bit frail and sicker as he's getting older, you know, the Chinese, they've, within, uh, without getting too bogged down, but within the Buddhist uh, philosophy, there is a certain person who t- identifies who the next Dalai Lama is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Chinese have already basically kidnapped him. They're, they're gone. <laughs> they don't oh. exist. So, Jimmy, there's all this fear that, you know, they would. So the fantastic thing about the current uh, prime minister in India is that he has promised the Tibetan people that they will, he will not send them back to, to China because China wants them all back. He wants every Tibetan person to be sent back to Tibet, which, of course, they will it won't be a good result for those people. There's no way known it will be a good result. So he, the Prime Minister of India has promised that even when the Dalai Lama does pass, they will all be safe to stay in India and they won't be sent back to uh, China. And, you know, where and who becomes the next Dalai Lama will be a really interesting thing because the Chinese are hunting constantly to try and figure out where the next one will come so that they can eliminate that stream of Buddhism they just want the one that they've already got control yes. over so it's a really huge story of of uh, no one of injustice about it yeah so yeah. you know it's quite yeah. uh, hidden from 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 everyone so uh, mainstream and especially in the days now when we're facing what we're facing do you mean like in terms of the control China seems to have in pretty much every country you know, yeah. even the Tibetan Children's Village Schools, they were originally a um, under a charity, under the Tibetan, sorry, under the Children's Village Schools charity. And the Chinese lobbied them so hard that they actually took all the Tibetan people out of, of the charity so that people now donate, but they can't actually claim it. So China has a huge amount out. of power. Yeah. It's hard to find yeah. out because there's oppression of... Um, other religions, Muslim religion, but you know, it's, it's yeah. coming confirmed and we, we can't really, you know, I mean, we can speculate, uh, but you know, it's it's hard and they don't want any information to, to come out. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Going back to, to tapping, I wanted to ask you because we keep mentioning tapping, tapping, and uh, maybe not for everyone, <laughs> it's, it's clear what tapping is and maybe we would, um, we could touch the subject and explain uh, what tapping really is and how it works because you know some people uh, would hear about tapping but then they say but really I would like to know because some people prefer the logic thinking maybe a little bit science behind it and I remember we had a conversation that you actually explained there is a science behind it now that is confirming the effectiveness of tapping so if you could touch the subject a little bit and just explain how the how tapping looks like what is it and how it can help us and how it can help us when you're mentioning injustice and uh, other issues that we are currently battling with you know so how it can help us in the in the in the world we're living in now yeah so tapping has been around 
literally say if we went sort of like 1990s right we're sort of looking there so these days we're now looking 30 odd years ago that tapping was done if we go back another decade before that dr roger callahan was actually a psychotherapist and he was he was specifically working with phobias and uh well phobias and and looking at because i was going to say phobias and fears and things but basically they're all pretty much the same thing so basically he was working with phobias and he was trying to figure out what to do because he had a number of clients that just were not responding to all the normal approaches that were the go at the time in that way and he had this particular client who had a phobia of water and the phobia of water was getting worse and worse and worse and on this particular day uh, because he was really interested in the Chinese meridian ideas and acupuncture points and what they were he was wondering whether or not there was something you could do with meridian points that would actually work on an emotional level because the reality is even within the Chinese meridian systems and acupuncture and things they actually talk about the very first sign of an imbalance in a meridian is actually emotional changes and then if you ignore the emotion it builds up and becomes physical symptoms and if you keep ignoring the physical symptoms you end up with a disease okay so there's three thousand years worth of history and an entire science that's that's been based around those ideas so basically he thought i wonder and so instead of like using needles and things like that as the lady was sitting there talking about her latest you know water phobia he just began to tap underneath her eye which is known as a water meridian anyway it's it's actually for obsessive thoughts that's what we know that it works with and, and overthinking and things like that he started to tap on her spot on her cheek under her, her eye and as she was he, she was telling him about this water phobia and and you know how she couldn't even get in the shower now and all that kind of stuff basically she just exclaimed it's gone and he's like what's gone and she's like, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. I don't have it anymore, it's gone. And so he was just like, uh-huh, beg your pardon, how on earth? I've been working with you all this time and just like that, it's just gone, right? So apparently, you know, the story is that she got up and ran around and threw herself into water and all sorts of stuff and it was all very exciting. So he was like, I need to understand this more. So he spent from 1980 to 1990, so this is 10 years, a in an actual university environment, exploring it, putting it to the test studying it finding out what every point meant what shifted all that kind of stuff so there's a, right from the start realistically there's a whole lot of psychological studies gone in before he even launched it what roger callahan actually put out to the world was called thought field therapy now in america a lot of people volunteer their services to help research professors do their thing one of those people was actually gary craig and what Gary Craig came to realize was that, in, because with with their thought field therapy, there's certain uh, algorithms is what he calls them. So you would tap a specific spot for a specific emotion and work in that way. So it, most of them might have one or two spots that you would tap on and, and talk about what's going on. So Gary Craig realized that of the 14 tapping points that were, that were there, if you actually put them all together, the reality is people, so you had an algorithm for grief and you had an algorithm for anger and you had an algorithm for, you know, all the different emotions, guilt, etc. What he said was, well, most people feel multiple emotions about any event. So if we just tapped on all of those spots and, and 
talked through them, you could actually not have to have different outcomes, just have one way of tapping, right, on those points, and it would actually get the shift. And so that's how emotional freedom technique got to be created. All right. So he basically did that in the 1990s, and that has been, I guess, the in the in all honesty, emotional freedom technique probably became a lot more popular. It became a modality that a lot more people kind of embraced because you just had to just follow this the points and you didn't have to know all these different rules for how it went and then along came Dawson Church and David Feinstein now they're actually scientists researchers they're fascinated and they've gone and done gene tests to actually show that when it comes to using tapping the tapping can actually switch off genes particularly say the post-traumatic stress gene right they've actually shown that tapping will turn it off which is brilliant for vietnam veterans or veterans of war and people who've been in car accidents or had major traumas gone in their life that we know now scientifically that it's done that in actual fact david and uh, dawson actually did some research to show how effective tapping was in terms of the the shifts and the changes so they did all the studies and they came up with the fact that that it decreased cortisol levels so tapping impacts our biochemical functions it decreases cortisol by 24 percent which is phenomenally amazing all by itself and then just the beginning of this year uh, peter stapleton who's actually again a scientist she's based in australia who does a whole lot of tapping around food that's her focus is helping people with weight loss and she did some research and she actually found that it was even much higher than than the 24%, she actually got results where people's cortisol levels dropped by 48%. It actually literally doubled that. Now that's massive, you know, massive. I mean, I have to say as a naturopath, it's a huge challenge to figure out how we switch people's cortisol off. You know, there's, there are more and more herbs becoming available, but I'd have to say in my 26 years so far as a naturopath, it's only been probably the last half a dozen that there's been all these amazing Ayurvedic herbs and things that have become available for us to know that there are herbs that can change people's cortisol levels. But prior to that, it was a really challenging component of people's health. And when you consider that cortisol is basically released when we've been stressed for too long, and then it actually initially is kind of like nice it helps us manage a major stress but when it continues to be pumped out every day it actually breaks our body down it, it brings about autoimmune diseases it actually breaks yeah, down ligaments for many many physical many. issues after yes. yeah so basically that's the start and when it's exactly. too long then it's actually impacting our body in, into yeah. some kind yeah. of damage in there yeah yeah and people will often say oh my memory's getting really poor and that's a sign of cortisol cortisol shuts down the memory we just kind of retrieve our memories like those kind of things so it's a really big thing so to think that something as simple as tapping on some meridian points can actually lower cortisol from anywhere from 24 percent is awesome let alone getting up higher levels to 48 percent. that is stunning in terms of that so basically at this point in time we've got research that totally proves that tapping actually improves and lowers biochemical function so cortisol we know that it changes gene function of course we know that it was originally created out of the meridian system so we also know that by tapping on those points even if we say nothing and we just tap on a point it starts to stimulate 
the meridian flow, the chi flows through the body. So it brings the body back into balance. And we do know that, of course, the meridian systems are not separate systems. So you'd start tapping, you know, let's say we tap on the overwhelm point, which is sitting on our chin, right? We just tap on that because we're feeling overwhelmed. Well, that meridian point will then stimulate the flow of chi from that meridian through to the next and push it on and push it on and push it on. So we can tap on one point and we can create flow throughout the rest of the meridian points. Thank so we have... <laughs> Sorry. Just for a few seconds. Yeah, it's already feeling better. Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, and it's fantastic. And the number of people who may ring me in a crisis sometimes, you know, and I'll, the first thing I say is take a deep breath and get just tap. And you just just you point a finger and your middle finger. That's all, you know. And really, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can tap Anyone on your middle finger. There's no restrictions. Anyone. Yeah. No restrictions. So. You can tap babies. You can just tap on little kids. I tap my dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> From the yeah, time he was puppy. Meridians as well. Yeah. They so, do. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and it works for when yeah. he gets hiccups. I used to tap on you know on his uh, chest point, and he would his hiccups would disappear. So it's beautiful. So yeah. So by doing that, so we know that these things, and then the really, and this is where I love science. Okay. This is where science is so beautiful because the more science evolves the more they're actually finding ways to test what it is that we've always done and always known, right? They're but they're doing confirming it, it yeah? confirming it, you know, like, oh, you know, new study shows, blah, blah, duh, we know that, uh, but now we've got the science to prove it. So when I get to say, talk about my empowered tapping, yes, it gets the flowing, meridian flow is awesome. It changes the biochemistry of the body, fantastic. It also, of course, can help with gene you know, switching on and switching off of genes as we need to. So that's amazing. But specifically what I love about my empowered tapping, which is why most of us all call it tapping on, is, is like tapping on steroids. I love it, that one. I was just, you know, you know that I probably I would say that if you wouldn't say it, you know, that was, <laughs> my, I always say that I love the, the uh, how it's put into words, you know, because it's so well really showing what you're doing. Your tapping is tapping on steroids because it's so powerful so yeah so if you're explained now how yours is different yes. than, the, yes. than the basic EFT yes yes so basically my empowered tapping is a scripted conversation with the parts of the brain all right so I am specifically speaking to the emotional brain I'm engaging the right brain getting it to talk to the left brain and then switching on to the frontal cortex so it is a conversation that occurs with the brain and that's what's so beautiful about it and it's amazing because uh, in doing that and part of it was then finding and and I'll be honest I started using it I started explaining to people how it's amazing it shifts things you can literally feel your brain rewiring and, and shifting and changing as you tap but then when you go to sleep and you and you sleep during sleep it rewires and then you wake up feeling really new and I was saying that thinking I wish I could prove that I wish I could have some science that backed that and a, about two odd years ago they came out with this research showing that the microglials in the brain actually clean up our neural 
neural pathways. And so anything that has actually been, so there's this thing called a QL, it's a little marker. So when we tap, basically we're disconnecting those neural pathways. They put a little marker called a QL marker on the end of that neural pathway. And then during the night, the microgyles come and actually gobble up that neural pathway. So we are literally rewiring the brain so that when you wake up, you've got this whole new way of thinking. And the old way has literally been dissolved with these microgyles dissolving those neural pathways. So not only do you get an immediate shift, but you and your day changes and things as the day goes by, you notice and notice how different and free you feel. But when you've slept and then you wake up the next day, you're in a whole completely new way of thinking and feeling and new ideas come into your mind. You do things differently. And yes, traditionally EFT can bring shifts. Yes, that happens, but this goes to great depths because it is a scripted conversation with parts of the brain. So the sentences that you actually say with my tapping specifically talk to the brain. So when I was doing, so now we go back and how it all comes. When I was having conversations with the universe about wanting a tapping process to work with the patterns, I, because I'm a naturopath and the way in which I just love the human really, but the body, the emotions, the whole thing, I was kind of having conversations with the universe about how in the emotional brain, when it comes to neurotransmitters, there is this like cascade effect that actually occurs that when the emotional brain, when the limbic system is activated, it sets off a cascade. And so I was sort of saying like, I need something that gets into that cascade and actually literally stops it from repeating the complete thing. Because the whole point of the pleasure principle or the, the emotional brain is that we actually have a dopamine release every time we repeat a pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if that pattern is stuffing our face full of sugar, which is so unbelievably bad for our bodies, right? Even if it means we put on 15 extra pounds, we will get a dopamine release that says, gee, that felt good. And then when the next time we're stressed, our brain will say, now what do I do when I'm stressed? And the neurotransmitter, you know, glutamate will actually go, hang on, I remember from my prefrontal cortex, I remember that I had a lot of satisfaction when I ate a whole lot of sugar. I should eat that block of chocolate. Yeah, that's like that's how addiction is being created, I guess. So this is, you're basically taking the same uh, structure, but you're just putting it into something positive rather than uh, creating addiction. You're creating addiction from good, from the tapping, right? From so basically, what I'm doing is breaking addiction. I'm breaking, breaking the cycle. So if so, we think about tobacco or sugar or alcohol as our addictions, but the reality is our emotional responses are addictive as well. Okay, and so people who just go, I'm just an angry person, or I, I just cry over everything, or I'm Jimmy. When we run these, what we're actually saying is, I'm addicted to my emotional responses. So I'm using the exact structure that the brain does what it does, breaking it, breaking it, so that we can actually do that. So you, we can lose weight using. You, there's nothing you can't do with my empowered tapping. I mean, I've yeah. just got many layers of it because it's actually great label themselves right so it's very easy to put the label and then creates a certain pattern like you're saying addiction from how you're thinking and that's what the tapping is doing right so it's breaking that 
part, that's why you're paternologist. Yeah? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and see, what people have to realize as soon as they say, I am this, they've literally, they immediately are telling me, whether they realize it or not, that they're addicted to that belief about themselves. And yes. if they're addicted to that, they have to keep being that and then they have to keep bringing situations into their life to validate who they are based on their belief of who they are, which may not actually be who they truly are, but it's their coping mechanism. Yeah, it's but it's how also survived. Like, it's also uh, very often coming from uh, childhood or friends or surroundings that people label you and it's, when it's repeated at some point, you really believe that and you're starting saying, oh yeah, okay, I am like this. And then it becomes that. So so very often that happens without any thinking or without people. That's why they're saying not only positive things, but also the negative things, just accepting them as a norm because it was uh, created within them as a norm by the society, by, by whatever, wherever they are growing you know the, the the surroundings that they are growing in, and then or sometimes it's changing, but then they are still labeling themselves with something to cope. Yeah, I, I guess like you're saying, like a coping mechanism rather than and maybe not necessarily always um, uh, beneficial for them. And then obviously the because you know some people can have a pattern saying. Um, I'm always winning and that's a great pattern you know to yeah, to, yeah. to follow you don't need to break that but sometimes say I'm always very shy and that will actually bring situations like you're saying trying to confirm yes okay you are shy in this situation you are shy you're shy and that it can be a problem um, yeah. I know is even me as a child I was um, always labeled as a shy person so it took me a long time now i don't shut up you know but basically <laughs> but basically that's how you know it takes a long time and and actually have to realize a pattern to be able to to work on it and that's where it's good to have someone who actually pointed out things that they're norm for you so you don't see them and someone like you who comes and say maybe you can think you know maybe this is the pattern that is interrupting something you're doing. I know many times we had the conversations, you know, and and you put shine a light of, on something that I would not notice if it's if it wouldn't be said from perspective from from you, you know, from someone who observes the the patterns and know that this can be a source of that. So that's um. Yeah. Uh, lovely structure and logic to all that really because even yeah. if you you know you need people need logic to and sometimes not always we don't need logic for everything but some people need logic first to believe so that's why i asked you about the whole that uh scientific side of it and uh, to understand really that it's a you know it's a it's a structure and everyone can do that and everyone can work on that and that is a tool that we don't need to get any additional items for it because it just takes our you know our fingers to just tap on the on the certain points and you can change so much which is unbelievable that actually now uh, science is confirming on all that so um, yeah, yeah what i want yeah, to say too to is that, that yeah yeah go, go ahead. i was just gonna say and what the thing is with making sense insensible 
which is the first book I wrote, that mm-hmm. actually explains how we get all our patterns. It's actually, okay. it is a book written about all of the experiences of injustice that forms our beliefs when we're young. And I want to just throw in there that what we've got to understand is that the right side of the brain is very creative and it actually creates these ideas that this is how it is and always will be. And so what what actually happens is we can experience something once, but if it was significant for us, and I have a whole lot of work where I talk about all the brain development. In fact, book number three that I'm writing at the moment breaks down every yeah breaks down every year of our lives and how our brain is developing so if we're at a certain age when we're learning certain opportunities about who we are and an event occurs that gives say a negative message to us it happens at that time it's actually so significant that we only need it to happen once and our brain will go oh this is who i am now, sometimes we may have multiple, multiple, multiple opportunities where we go, well, it happened and it happened and it happened, but we would be quite surprised how often we only need something to happen once. Like parents will often say, that only happened once. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Our right brain's gone bang because it was significant at when it actually occurred. So when we start to understand how the brain develops, we really start to understand how we end up with those patterns and these ideas of who we are when we get older. And so that's what Making Sense Insensible is, the book all trying to explain people where their patterns came from. And because we can't fix the things that we don't understand. So it becomes really important. And you can't realistically, you know, one of the things, I, one thing that really is important to know about tapping, I think, if you tap positive affirmations, right? So everybody's into saying positive affirmations. If you say your positive affirmation while you actually tap on the meridian points, okay, it's top of the head, the eyebrow, side of the eye, under the chin, and you say the point each time as you're actually tapping on those spots, any negative belief that is sitting in your unconscious mind will be pulled to the fore. Okay, so it becomes really powerful for us to work with positive emotions to pull out all the negative beliefs. So that whole idea that you can't plant a new tree into into the ground that's filled with weeds. If we think of all the negative beliefs that are sitting there, we don't have to fix everything because we're not, that's, we don't have, but if, if there's too many weeds, we've got to pull some of the weeds out to put the new plant in. It's exactly the same with tapping. We need to be able to find the beliefs the layers that the are layers, yes. That's right. what it is. Yes, that is. We need to peel away those layers. layers. Yeah. And yeah. and I have a whole theory that that's based on the round that's those core uh, needs that we actually have, which is what the box of inner secrets you know is all about. And I do talk about them in making sense insensible. Some of those needs go all the way to the core. So we may in fact re-evaluate ourselves over and over again in particular how lovable we feel how worthy we feel do you mean how acceptable we feel how you know uh, respected we feel because some of those big big themes they will have a lot of layers to them and other things may in fact disappear very quickly so sometimes we go well I did all this work and that part of my world just changed completely and it's awesome and what I would say is that's because you got to that layer right that when you peeled that off that need disappeared because it was a the experience you had came later in life or you only had a couple of experiences of having the the, the negative experience right mm-hmm. but when we actually get and into sorry yeah, yeah go ahead yeah well but when we get into <coughs> oh excuse me i have some water 
this going crazy. <laughs> you okay? So, yeah, well, oh. Yeah, I'm going to go. Someone has to come on. Because my dog is someone knocking at <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, <clears throat> when we get into those big things like how lovable we feel, how mm. worthy, they go deep into us. Yeah, there are so, uh, like main yeah. issues as well. I think that when you really start uh, thinking about it, they go to our childhood because that's where most of the patterns are coming from. From the age, I, I think, up until seven years old, you know, it's only our subconscious mind. That's why we don't have much memory from those times because the subconscious mind is re- re- registering everything without emotion but like a computer i guess so it's just like going on the disc and yeah. then uh, and then to remove that then they're coming layers and layers of different experiences maybe confirming that in a way yeah. and then we have to you know take the layers off and off uh, peel it one by one until we, we get somewhere to that point where it's usually happening in there and um and and that's where where we have to get to the core so it's not like some of the issues like you're saying they will uh, disappear quickly but some of them we need to really do a lot of work and it's just not a five minutes tapping uh session but it's a quite long process to get to the core of the of the issue and to you know to 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 remove it and to reprogram the the brain in a positive way but it's it's a it's a it can be a long journey right so especially for like you're saying um uh, more more um severe issues or more like core issues that to be honest with you each one of us is struggling in some way but maybe you know more or less uh, we have each one of us has something because all of our parents came with patterns as well and they were putting their norms on us so uh, i mean it's a generational work i would say even rather than anything else right so uh, the more work we do the less our children will have to i guess yeah and you know yeah. i think the thing that's really valid to be aware of is that initially when we begin the journey of healing which most of us are you know a lot of the time we have to focus on how other people treated us and what we internalized and then we kind of realize that we're doing it all to ourselves and then we have to like go oh i'm blowing my world up hang on it's my sabotage it's not because about yes. there so then we do our work on the inside and then we reach a point where we start to kind of move into out of we get move out of victim we move into survival and when we're in survival, that's when we're definitely working on how we're blowing ourselves up, right? Yes. So we move out of that survival mode and we go through a stage where we're quite exhausted by the journey and we need to restore ourselves. And through the restoration process of that phase that nobody talks about, everyone talks about jumping to thriving, but in fact, we need a rest time. There's a plateau where we actually go into restoration. And during that restoration, we actually start to have empathy for ourselves and we have compassion for ourselves we become our own best friend we become kind to ourselves yes and that connection with the inner child as well becomes stronger right because we understand that we are here with ourselves and that's where the work is and how far we're going anyway yeah but go ahead yeah that's very very true yeah and so as we do more and more work at that level what we start to realize is that 
we don't fall back into being a victim. We don't fall back into survival mechanisms. We kind of build this foundation of solid, you know, a solid foundation where we really look after ourselves and we nurture ourselves and we feed ourselves the right food and drink the right water and we exercise and we start to really get a, a really nice sense of like, you know what, I really like yeah. the stage I've got to, right? And it's from that. comes from the ourselves as well, from within us rather than looking yes. on the outside. Absolutely. We are finding yes. that foundation and that that is amazing yes. and basic thing and then it helps to, to push it. Yes. But you completely, oh, it's absolutely, you know, resonating because you feel this. Once you find that foundation once inside of you and you work through to that level, then things are changing yeah 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 and so from that foundation that strong foundation of being your own best friend and forgiving yourself and all the things that come was part of that restoration process i always say to people when they're stuck in victim mode they can't forgive themselves because they're still a victim and in survival they try to forgive themselves but it's not real it's not depth it's not it's it's they forgive themselves for as much as they can they forgive themselves for being a victim but they aren't you know you've really got to move out of sabotaging yourself to reach this next stage and it's from the stage of restoration when we've got a solid foundation when we really know who we are and we're confident in ourselves and we're ready to, and we know that we won't get pushed over and because we know who we are and we've got security that's when we move into thriving Mm-hmm. Thriving is actually what I call the fourth phase. And then once we're in thriving, what actually happens is new experiences, expansion, love, opportunities, things start to come. And then we start to use tapping and healing because we want to clear and open the doors to more possibilities. So now we're tapping, not because we're broken, not because we're a victim, not because we're stuck in coping mechanisms, but because we actually want to expand and find out even more and more and more what we're capable of, even more and more who we could, we could be. And we want to learn about ourselves. And so now when we're in that mode, we're using tapping for growth. Does it yes. more come from nurturing ourselves yes. than because we have enough love for ourselves to be at the point, okay, now I'm going to take care of myself and see how I can grow rather than... Right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so now we tap for growth, right? And we're still tapping. And sometimes we're still kind of like tapping some bad, some the, yeah, the sticky bits. But, but they're little sticky bits. You know, they're just, they're not big. And yet sometimes we'll tap and go, wow, that's huge. But it's because we're expanding our presence and who we are in the world and how we show up. And so now we tap to really bring ourselves into, because realistically, as Maslow said all those years ago, when we reach self-actualization, someone who truly self-actualizes immediately puts themselves back at the bottom of the pit and says, let's go again. Now let's do some new skills. Let's, let's be uncomfortable. Because I'm now at a point where I'm uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with my uncomfortableness, and mm-hmm. I want to stretch myself. And I want to actually go. Well, I've achieved all this. Now what else? Well, that's a bit scary. Let's go yeah, over and there. Maybe a little bit with the safety of being uncomfortable as well, because yes. people are scared to feel uncomfortable. So once you yes. get to that point, you you sort of stop being scared of yes. becoming uncomfortable because you know why why you're doing it and you know where it takes you so it's also different uh, it's very fascinating and it makes so much sense the way you explain it yeah and so that's where restoration becomes so important because it's in restoration that we get comfortable with our uncomfortableness we actually start to enjoy the stretch 
we actually go, I like being uncomfortable. Whereas when we're in victim mode, we don't want to be uncomfortable. We're so stressed. We can't be there. And when we're in survival mode, we've got nothing left because we're so busy, filled with adrenaline, filled with cortisol, just trying to get through every day that we haven't got enough room to enjoy the the journey it's restoration that's where you know we really want to get to restoration so we can really solidify ourselves and then go into thriving so it's and we can use tapping at every step of the way the difference is instead of trying to fix everything back in the say in the in, i'm going to go to the desert because what i call it the desert the jungle the, the savannah and the mountains that's my that's how i describe them but instead of trying to fix everything when we're back in the desert phase in the victim or in the jungle now we're using tapping to really open up opportunities for expansion and growth see where else i can grow what else can happen yes this is you say what else what good can happen you know what else can be is possible for me right yes so i have in my tapping in the empowered tapping i have a particular script that we use called um creating new realities Mm-hmm. And that's such a powerful place to work from because what we're doing is we're tapping in new possibilities for our brain. So we're, and the fascinating, this I, I love this. So I've actually worked out that if you use exactly the same way in which the brain creates some of our negative beliefs, we can use that exact same method. We communicate with the same parts of the brain to tell them how to actually now think in a positive way. Oh, that's because, a great one. Yeah. yeah. And so the the one the same the same processes. So we're actually using the same biochemical, the same network. Trick your mind, trick your mind a little yeah. bit. So you know, well, you can... and it's to use it for good. Yeah, you know, yeah for good. Because the beautiful yeah. part is, yeah, the amygdala, which everybody talks about these days, but the mm. amygdala is actually is the gland of fear, but it's also the gland of optimism. It's just about which path we we send our beliefs and our thoughts off onto. So we can use the tapping to really expand ourselves and do amazing things and just turn up more and more and more and just stretch and stretch and stretch and grow and grow and grow. So it's I, that's what like I love. About about it. I already feel like you know full of yes, let's do it. And this is what we're actually doing in uh, in our inner tribe. Yes, yeah? so uh, we do every month. Uh, nearly i was saying always one hour but we're always going to two hours nearly after <laughs> so uh, you're giving us lovely scripts that scripts that we can use after and you know it's always a joy and it's always fun to hear the next day you know how people are reacting and how they feel after that and always um a lot of changes in everyone so we're really enjoying and we are so uh, you know i'm so grateful to have you um in our inner circle and um and everyone is waiting for the next one is going to be so <laughs> if anyone wants to join us then definitely yes. you know uh, there's always um you can i'm gonna post um uh under i'm gonna post uh, links to your website so uh, i could talk with you for an you yes. know three or four or five hours even all day <laughs> um, um, but i know uh, we are we are uh, already uh, uh talking so over yeah over time so uh yes. we're gonna have to um uh give a final if you could give a final advice for what is happening now with the vibration and how we can 
uh, some tips. I wanted to talk to you about the flower senses as well, but I think that's a separate uh, interview. <laughs> so uh, let's leave it for now. But uh, how uh, would you, what advice would you give today to people that they're struggling and um, all the changes that we have? And what, what would you say? What would you, what would be your advice to raise the vibration and to keep positive and, you know, what tools they could use? What would you do and how, what would you advise to people? Yeah. And look, this is where tapping is absolutely fantastic. You know, the one thing that I'd say across this year so far, you know, I see that that my role with my with my clients and everybody is to really stay positive, to keep things in perspective and to be able to see a path to give people hope, to see a possibility. And the reality is between flower essences and tapping, that's how I've done that. Do you mean? Yeah. And love the combination of both because when you take <laughs> right. flower essences, I said we need another one to speak on yeah. about flower essences because that's another big, uh, big yeah. subject. Yeah. 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 And so one of the things that I've been doing consistently throughout this time is every time there's any frustration or I mean I I'm not I don't fear the virus I have no concerns at all about that I you know the the reality is we have a situation yes but that but it what's scary out there is the the level of dictatorship the level of of right-winged radical kind of trying to control humanity everywhere across yes. the world yeah, yeah. across the world and it can affect people's energy because yes. a lot of people live in fear at the moment so yes. you know that, so that that's all we can tap mm -hmm. that's right and you know one of the things that i find I mean, we haven't even talked about my little empath abilities but you know when i'm tapping on things i was doing a tapping that i've shared through in um in the empowered tapping and and i've got a tapper's tribe and we've been doing lots of stuff and i was doing a tapping and as i was tapping i literally felt all the elderly people in the world who are locked away in these aged care facilities and how sad and lonely they are and how they've nobody's hugging them and like i just literally felt the sadness the collective energy out there yeah you can so feel, feel the pain of people which is pain. and especially the you know elderly people when you would think that at the uh, you know last years of your life or end of your life yes. you would want to spend it in a different way and then yes. everything being taken away from them and them being impacted the most with this really it's, yes. it's it's for the empath yes that's another thing you know that's what i wanted to ask you for the empaths those that they're feeling so much yes. pain that is the pain of others here is how can we cope with the with the amount of pain that is there is how to or even help you know help others and help ourselves to, to 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 be positive to stay positive and to give people that positive vibe as well so we can help them as well absolutely yeah and so i've actually put out a thing all about losing control there's a freebie out there i'm actually about to do one okay. called um, the sadness of the plight of mankind because a lot of people are just going where are we headed how does mm -hmm. this get better so i you know i've created a tapping script about that so there's things out there that people can access group? Is it in your facebook group yes is, in the yes. empowered group empowered tapping well. yes empowered yeah. tapping Yeah. power tapping so um you know there's things that are available there that you can utilize but some very simple things the chin point that we've talked about before the chin point is actually for overwhelm so if you actually if you're getting overwhelmed if you're sitting watching the news we'll turn it off but apart from that if you want to keep watching 
<laughs> right? Tap, tap your chin point because mm-hmm. that is for overwhelm. Okay, so immediately as you do it and you take some deep breaths, you will lower your cortisol levels. You will start to calm down. So we'll be walking with the left point somewhere. And the beautiful part is you can sit there and people can think you're thinking and in actual fact you're just tapping on your chin going, oh, I might just be thinking. <laughs> you know, exactly. there's ways to work that. So that's that. If your thoughts are non-stop going round and round, tap on underneath your eyes, on your chin, on your chin, on your cheek points, right? Because they are for obsessive thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's important. a really good one, right? Yeah. The other one that's really good is underneath your collarbone. Okay. That there is actually for fear and anxiety and nervousness. Perfect, yes. So everyone that's scared, tap on those points on your underneath your, your collarbone and just take in some deep breaths. Now, you can have a conversation with yourself. You can just go, I'm so scared. I wish I hadn't read that article. I wish I hadn't turned the news on because now I'm more scared because I'm sure I'm going to die or the people I love are going to die and I'm terrified. Tap, move until I'm so overwhelmed by all this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And my mind, and then you go to your under the eyes and you go, my mind won't stop thinking about it. You can have a conversation with yourself. And just on those points and moving back between them, you will find that you will get a release of energy that will bring you back. And then you go, okay, I can do something. So it's, it's not an affirmation. So basically it's not an affirmation. It's a release, right? Once a release. you start tapping, yep. it's a release rather than an affirmation because, you know, some people might confusing that why am I confirming something negative, but you're actually releasing by, by releasing. touching the points. Yeah, exactly. So, so then the, absolutely. So what you're doing is you're clearing the blocked energy because what we've got to go back to and understand is that very concept of the chi and the meridian point. When you get scared, when you get angry, when you get sad, all right, when you start to worry and feel overwhelmed, there is a block in the meridian system, the chi gets stuck. So by simply tapping on that and talking about what it is you're scared of, you will get the flow of that chi moving and the block is unblocked. Then once you go, and this is the key, you'll sigh. You release it, yeah. You release it. As soon as you hear yourself sigh, then you can say, I am strong, I am powerful, I can take action, I do know what to do. And you can tap on exactly so those same in the same spots. place, the positive, in the same, same place. place. And you go, I can deal with this. Tap on your overpoint. I can manage this. I can deal with this. Say positive things to yourself then, and then the positive will come in and you'll feel the lift in your energy. So from just this, that's what I love about EFT and tapping is that it is symptomatic. You can use it to just release your energy and then reaffirm yourself without getting into great big long tappings. You want to go find the big bits that are all done for you. I've got those done for you out there. Go find the empowered tapping. Get onto those. Do the control. Do the plight of you know mankind. Do the ones. There's a whole lot about COVID in there as well. Do those ones because they're all done for you and you just follow along and tap them. Amazing. And then your brain will rewire as well. So, so where we can find them? If you so will. on Facebook, yeah. In Facebook, if you just type in Empowered Tapping, it will come up. You'll just say, yes, please, I want to join. And then I will click you in and you come on in. And it's all there. There's lots. If you're, there's lots in there. <laughs> there's 
I've got my, you know, 10 rich habits, which is from, you know, the book about rich habits. I've done, there's a whole lot of those with tapping with every one of those. There's Amazing. And just anyone is can join your group, right? So anyone, it's open to anybody. It's free. It's free. Mm-hmm. You just join and you can get all the stuff. There's breaking the mold. There's complaining. There's exercise ones. There's a whole Amazing. bunch of stuff that's in And there. then there's so, your website as well. And your, yes. what is your website? What is the so name of your it, website? Yeah, so essenceofhealinginstitute.com and that's where you'll find my courses. You can find the Tappers Tribe. You can find a lot of the other stuff where you can purchase in and, and join and learn okay. with me and do other sorts I'll of things. I'll put the links so under that. so yeah. uh, if anyone yeah. would like to join, the links will be uh, attached under uh, either a yeah. podcast on or, or the video. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. So um, yeah, uh, we also... Uh, if you want to join, uh, if anyone wants to join, they can join uh, our inner circle. Uh, I think we're going to be moving to Patreon at some point, but um, at the moment we have the Zoom calls once a month. That uh, with Leonie once a month that we uh, talk about, we talk basically for two hours, and it's amazing yeah. because every time we talk <laughs> well, about something different, and yeah. we can actually suggest what we want to talk about, which is great thing as well. So. Uh, we have a group on the WhatsApp that we also put um, ideas or, or requests, and we're asking, um, yeah, we're asking you for uh, for, tap, for tapping scripts, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so yes. So basically, uh, we're gonna have all the links to to connect. Uh, if there's any other way we can connect with you, or is there any other way someone can work to, uh, with you one to one? It, well, yes, of course. So definitely send, you know, you can email me that way and connect in through that for sure. And I was probably thinking we should do a plug for you because you've actually got the box of inner secrets with you and we can definitely send more if we need to. So anybody who's interested. So just to cover the box of inner secrets is actually a a box that inside the box is a whole stack of cards that have all the different unmet needs on them. It's beautiful to help you find the actual emotion that's going and it's on. It's beautiful. beautiful. The cards are amazing and it's, yes. you know, really amazing quality and it's beautiful. The print is beautiful. So uh, yes. it's just to hold the cards, even. <laughs> you know, it's just oh, they're so beautiful that it's a pleasure yeah. to, to yeah. actually play with the, with the cards. Uh, And then, of course, it comes with a whole book with all the tapping. So the book is filled with tapping scripts for each of the cards as well. And then Making Sense Insensible. I am actually currently, I've almost finished, I'm doing a commentary. I'm doing an audio book, but it's a commentary where I talk about everything in the book. So that will have a website at some point, a page to link that to. But basically, Making Sense Insensible is available anywhere online through Amazon and stuff like that as well for anybody who's interested. Yeah, if anyone will be interested even here we can also bring that book uh yes. you know here and then we can do the same thing as the with the box of uh, inner secrets and the the box of inner secrets is also very um helpful if you don't know what you want to talk about right so if you don't know the issue the the cards are there for you to actually yes. tell you uh what can be the issue and as you're saying and i know it, it's true because i was also checking that it's always on point with what is happening so uh, that's amazing thing it's almost like a tarot card <laughs> yes it is. but it's about your emotions yes yes yes, so it's, yes. You, it, it's it's a, that i call the it cards knows, the it knows. Cards. 
Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> they're insight. They're really about personal understanding and growth. And of course, sometimes you'll get a card and you'll think, oh my goodness. And then you think, oh, that is what's going on in my brain. That's exactly what's happening. You know, how did that happen? Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Yes, and I say yes. that it bypasses our conscious mind and goes into our emotional brain and finds the answers that are the unconscious answer. Because yes. one of our greatest challenges is our conscious mind will keep telling us the answer or to our issues that we're comfortable with, yes. because that's how we see ourselves. But we want to get into this unconscious part and find out what's really underlying it, and that's what the cards do. They bypass the the, the logical rational mind and they actually get into the unconscious mind and find out what's really driving the way that we feel so yeah there's lots and lots of deep and meaningful stuff to do which is just awesome <laughs> thank it. you so much Rianni. that was just, you know pleasure to have this conversation with you and uh, um, pleasure to learn from you and pleasure to have you in our group as well um, and yes, yeah, so we leave all the information for people who would want to join and uh, learn more about tapping or flower essences. We're going to leave that for the next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you very much for 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 your time and um, for your knowledge. Uh, I really appreciate that. And um, I will speak to you soon. And yes. thank you very much for all that. Thank you. Thank you. You're most welcome. And thank you for inviting me on. It's been great. Thank you, pleasure. <laughs> okay. okay.